Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Hello and welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I'm Francesca Amber, your host who has a guest today and it is an incredible author who we have done two of her books in the book club. We love her so much we've done two. Those books have changed my goddamn life and they're about to change yours too. It is of course Kate Northrup, author of Do Less and Money, A Love Story. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. I am so excited to have the chance to talk to you about this and ask questions because the first book that we did was Do Less. The, what, what is this subtitle here? A revolutionary approach for time and energy management for ambitious women. Well, that changed my goddamn life. And I'm sure you must have so many people saying, how? How did we never know about this at school? How were we never taught it? How did our mums not know? How did our grandmothers not know? So can you explain a little bit about what cyclical, is it cyclical? I always say cyclical, is it? Yeah, cyclical. Cyclical. I think cyclical. Cyclical. (laughs) Yeah, cyclical living is and all that jazz. Absolutely. So cyclical living is living with the awareness and in alignment with the fact that as women, 
in our reproductive years, we have four different hormonal experiences across the timeline of a month. So those four different hormonal experiences are about a week each, give or take, and they align perfectly with the same energy of the season. So every month we have a personal winter, which is when we have our period. We have a personal springtime, which is the week after our period. We have a personal summer, which is the week we're ovulating. And then we have a personal autumn, which is the 10 to 12 days before we start our period. And we've been living in a linear world that tells us that we are supposed to be the same every 24 hours. But the people who are the same every 24 hours are the people who are testosterone dominant. So predominantly men have a 24-hour cycle, but women have a 28-ish day cycle, 24 to 35 days is normal. Um, And so when we begin to realize that we're not designed to be the same every day and we start to work with that, we realize it's a superpower. And so much unlocks that we're saving a bunch of time and energy from what we used to do, which is think there was something wrong with us and beat ourselves up for not feeling the exact same way we did yesterday or last week. Wow. Yes, that is exactly it. That's exactly what I've been trying to tell people ever since I read your book, (laughs) but not very well. It is life-changing and I feel angry and I'm sure so many people message you and say, I feel fucking angry that I was never told about this. And even to the degree, I mean, I don't think anything would have saved my marriage, but that would have been a big part of it is understanding that at certain times of the month and people like they, they make a joke of it and say, oh, she's crazy this time of month. No, legit. I'm fucking crazy this time of the month. Like there's going to be certain times where I feel like I just want to stay home and do nothing. And there's going to be times where I want to go out. And if me and my husband had understood that together and planned our holidays, because we had a big energy divide. He had a lot more energy than me. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance that there were times that we planned trips abroad when I was in my winter and my autumn and he was frustrated with me because he wanted to go out and party and I was having my fucking hibernation time there's a very good chance that that was happening and it so easily could have been avoided if I'd just known about this oh there are so many things that could have been avoided if we had just known about this and I'll just say the one piece on the why we haven't known yeah there has been a very purposeful process over the last many thousands of years to purposefully, systematically strip women of their power. And it's I'm called so glad patriarchy. You said that. Yes. And the patriarchal brainwashing is very real. Now, patriarchy, just to be clear, patriarchy is not men being terrible. Patriarchy hurts everybody. And it's the false idea that men and masculine, all things masculine, are superior to all things feminine, which it's simply inaccurate. And so it makes sense that we have been purposefully kept from this really basic information that indigenous people and people thousands and thousands of years ago absolutely knew. The other thing that's true is that the menstrual cycle is deeply connected with the lunar cycle. When women live outside of uh, artificial light, 
we tend to start cycling with the new moon. That's just like everyone kind of organizes that. And then some women start cycling with the full moon. That's a whole other conversation we can talk about. Red witches. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's really cool, actually. But there's, there is a resurgence right now of understanding this deep power of our bodies because it literally is our superpower. This is how human life is formed. Human yeah. life is formed based on the menstrual cycle. It is one, it is, I can't really think as a human of anything more powerful. So of course it was purposefully kept from us because if you want to control somebody, just teach them that the parts of themselves are, that are the most powerful are gross or wrong or oh dirty. God. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so glad you said that because one of my questions was going to be, do you know, you're my first guest ever that I've not actually written a single note, a single question because I, I just have so many things to ask you out of my brain. But one of the things I was going to ask you is, do you think it is a deliberate thing? Because have you seen, well, obviously you do think it's deliberate, but have you seen um, all of those videos that are like basically October should be the eighth month because oct means eight and December deck means 10. But basically they've skewed the months to not make it right. Like it should really just be a lunar calendar, right? Like every month should be 28 days, yeah. not just February, once every four fucking years or whatever it is. Like it should just be like 30 days, 31 days, you've got 28. Every four years you have something else. None of it makes sense. Have you seen those videos and do you agree with that, that the months are fucked? I haven't seen those videos, but it makes perfect sense to me because the Gregorian calendar was decided by Pope Gregory in the 1500s and it's relatively arbitrary. Like it doesn't actually line up with, if we were really going with what makes sense, we would actually go with the Persian calendar, which starts with the first new moon of the spring because right. springtime is new beginning. So actually the pagans really celebrated the beginning of the year around the spring equinox, which then became adopted by the Christian church and became Easter and which is based on the pagan, um, the Celtic holiday austere. So anyway, there's like, so I, right. That's why there's the bunny. Like what the Easter bunny has nothing to do with Christianity, right? Like bunnies are symbols of fertility. So our new, my personal, I happen to actually be born on the spring equinox. So all of the new beginning energy is at that time. And it also makes sense. There are 13 lunar cycles actually in the year. And so there are also, you know, the average woman will have 13 periods within a year. And she'll have about 400 in her lifetime. Um, but every cycle is this beautiful opportunity to move from new beginning all the way through full bloom to release to then letting go to then another new beginning. We have all these opportunities, 400 of them in our lifetimes, not to mention the 13 every single year with the lunar cycle. So yes, I totally agree. It would be great if we were on a lunar calendar and all the months just actually lined up with the moon, which is how it sort of originally was. And, and, uh, basically Christianity got us off that program. It's always religion. It's always some Not old man in a hat. Like, you know, if anyone's listening and you're Christian, like, I think it's fine. <laughs> I'm just 
it's just history. Yeah, it's not you, it's your leader. It's your leader that's fucking doing it. It's always an old man in a hat making something up and then the rest of us have to fucking shave our heads or whatever. Honestly, every religion, you look at it, it's it's always women. It's always women that have to do something to their hair or do something to their bodies and, well, except for circumcision. But anyway, that's there's, (laughs) there's There's definitely multiple layers here, but we have not lived during a time when there was a religion that is based on the feminine. Um, that's a primary, you know, that's a primary. And when you really think about it, it would make sense that the orientation towards God would orient more towards the feminine because the birthplace of life is between our legs. And you would think, so of course it makes sense that for thousands of years we've been turned away from that because it's where the most power lies and we've been taught to be afraid of it um, or that it's wrong or dirty. So anyway, we're just here learning, (laughs) learning a new way. Reclaiming it's incredible. It. Do you know what? Something I get a very um strong feeling of, and I only had this like a couple of times in my life. I genuinely miss a village and I don't know where this village is. And I have moments where I really miss it. And I don't know whether it's from a past life or just my ancestors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But occasionally in my life, when another woman teaches me something like this, like when you taught me this through your book, Do Less, I get this feeling of like, you and me are sitting around a fire and you're telling me the shit I need to know on like my 11th birthday. <laughs> Not so me beautiful. at 30 bloody seven in my house reading a book. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't, do you ever get those feelings of like, this is yeah. right. And this is yeah. what has been taught for years. And do you know, is this a weird feeling? I love that you're saying this. I actually had a moment like this a couple of weeks ago. Um, a dear friend of mine, Sarah Jenks is a, um, ordained priestess. And she did this anointing ritual with me, which was like downloaded and, and channeled from, um, the temples of Isis, like in Egypt, thousands and thousands of years ago, which is, sounds very odd. I know to some people, listening, but just stay with me. I'm not and, there yet. <laughs> yeah, totally fine. Um, and then I had this moment where I was, because I was able to like incorporate this new information that, I didn't happen to read it in a book. I happened to have a a lived experience, but it was really powerful and really moving. And I was like, even though she and I are peers, she's accessing some piece that has been forgotten and she's bringing it to light now and sharing it. And, you know, we all can do that, right? And so even though, yeah, it would be so great if it were the elder women passing it along around a fire, I do think that we can create those experiences now, not only, you know, at retreats and live experiences, but honestly through podcasts and books and the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how amazing that like you and I can have this connection across the ocean and we don't have to live in the same literal village. We can be in a virtual village and there's so much more access in that way. Yes. No, a hundred percent. It is incredible. I often think that like, although we are now living separately in our separate boxes, I've never felt more connected in my life. I've been podcasting from home, working from home for the last two and a half years, and I've never once felt lonely doing it, which is so bizarre. If we'd said to me, you've got to sit and work at home on your own, I'd have thought, oh God, but I work with so many people virtually. It just feels, yeah, incredible. But I think you are doing the Lord's work 
not the literal Lord, because he fucked us up in the first place, but <laughs> but you're doing the Lord's work. You are changing people's lives. And do you know what? The chapter about aligning your menstrual cycle with the moon, it blew my mind. Because as we were reading this book, I couldn't wait for my first menstrual cycle fr- from reading the book. And when did it start? On the new moon, of course. I would love to know what percentage of women do you reckon actually have their period on the new moon? Do you think it's a really high proportion? It's got to be. I would imagine, I don't know. So I'll just say, I don't know, (laughs) but here's what I do know. I'll give you some other information. One is that the energy of the menstrual cycle is the same energy as the new moon, which is the same energy as winter time. It's just, it's your most inward time. It's the time when your intuition is the strongest and you turn within to see what's inside. That's like the, it's, it's like literally the darkest and you just go into the cave and that's right. And that's good. And it's valuable and it's incredibly productive. So it's a time of rest. It's a time of introspection. It's a time of going within. It's beautiful. Um, I do know that when we are in a chapter of our lives where our intuitive downloads are meant for our own personal life, then usually we will get our cycle closer to the new moon. When we're in a chapter of our lives where our personal downloads and our interior experience, we're sort of like doing that on behalf of the collective or we're in a, in a more outward time in our lives, we might bleed closer to the full moon. And oh. so when your cycle shifts, just know that it's not, we're not meant to like what happens. And I just want to be mindful of this. What happens a lot when women hear, oh, like in nature without without artificial light, you'll often bleed closer to the new moon. Then they start to think they're doing something wrong. And that is patriarchy, is the idea that we are constantly trying to measure ourselves against something externally and we're always coming up short. So just know that there's like no right way to have your period. And if you're bleeding on the new moon, that's wonderful. And then sometimes you won't. Like last month, I got my period on the new moon. This month it came like slightly at a different time because my cycle is only 24 days and the lunar cycle is like 29 days. So anyway, don't try to get it right, but every cycle will give you information about the stage of your life that you're in and the chapter that you're in and where you might want to put your attention and your focus. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week we talk about the curious things that people do. Fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends. If you like lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and a hint of psychology, chances are we are discussing something relevant to you. Like relationships, dreams, phobias, weddings, work, cults, a hundred topics and counting. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please click the link in the show notes. Right. I see. I love it. I mean, I have to say, there was a part of me that was just like, yes, I'm bleeding on the totally. new moon. Nailed on it. On the day. <laughs> it just felt like it I all just lined up. 
So I actually love it when I get my period on the new moon because both on the first day of my period and on the on the new moon, I like to pull a card and kind of do like a little journaling about what's coming through, about what this next cycle is about for me. So I just like it when it comes on the same day because it's just efficient, mm. then I just do it once. Yes. <laughs> That's just like the little productive nerd in me. So what is your new moon ritual? What do you do? And do you have one on a full moon as well? Not always. So I'm very loosey-goosey with this sort of thing. Um, I'm not like the most ritually person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I also have two small kids. I know you're a mom. Like, you know, sometimes Forget you it. just- Forget it. No one's oh. tracking the moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I generally know that it's the day of the new moon or the full moon, which is a ritual in and of itself. Right. So like just being aware of it, I have it on my Google calendar. Okay. It's the new moon. Then I know that day is about going within and listening for whatever messages want to come through. Then I know that the full moon is about releasing whatever it is that I want to release and bringing light to anything that I may not usually see that I might, that might be in the way of whatever I'm creating at the time. So just even having that awareness throughout the day, then the whole day can become a ritual, even if I'm like at the playground or, you know, folding towels or whatever. You don't, <laughs> like, you don't burn shit in your garden then on a Some, full moon. <laughs> I don't have a garden, but um, I do sometimes. So like on the new moon, when I have the space and I really want to go for it, I'll sit out on my balcony and I'll light a candle and I'll play some music and I'll sit in meditation and I'll just ask like, what do I need to know this time around? What do I need to know for this cycle? Is there anything in particular I, I need to focus on this cycle? And I'll just listen and then I'll also pull a card. So that would be like my new moon. And then I'll write out new moon intentions. And I do that in my do less planner because I have this um, planner that then has moon pages where you can do your new moon and your full moon. And then on the full moon, again, when I have the bandwidth and the desire, (laughs) I will sit out on my balcony and have a little, you know, a little pot and I will write down what I want to let go of. So I'll also light a candle and I just write down what I want to let go of and release in that full moon and I'll burn it. And for a little extra for any of my like more witchy folks, um, it can be fun to know the sign that the moon is in. So it might be like a new moon in Aquarius or a new moon in Sagittarius or whatever, or a full moon in whatever. And then you can look at where that sign is in your astrological chart and which house it falls in. This is advanced, but then it can give you a little more information about like, oh, so if Aquarius is in my 11th house, which is about friendships and networks and groups of people, then it's like a new beginning in terms of me in groups of people in that area. But again, that's pretty advanced and I don't recommend that for a beginner. (laughs) That has blown my mind. and It does make me think, I imagine that would have a huge impact on your life because even just what I learned in the book, and like you say, just being aware of the moon, just simply that is like so... Just literally just look at it. This is part of my daily ritual now. So 
here in the UK at the moment, it, it gets dark pretty early, like four or five o'clock. Yeah. So when I come home and I get my children from the car, I've got three daughters. So from the car to the house, I say to every single one of them as I'm taking them out of the car, look at the moon. And it's just this little habit now that we do just to make them aware. Mm. And also just to look at it, to be like, sink your body with what is natural we're lucky here we live in the countryside it's very dark we can actually see the moon but you know my daughter now she's six years old I've never been more proud in my goddamn life the other day she said to me when's the next full moon mum and I was like about two weeks why and she's like I just want to charge my crystals like she is living it and I just Beautiful. feel so like honored because my mum didn't even tell me about periods. Like I didn't get any education at all. So that was a bit of a shock. Um, yeah. But like with my daughters, I want to literally be like teaching them about this whole cyclical living. Because can you imagine how much easier your school experience would be and your exams and all of it? Everything. I, mean, if I had known. I would have organized everything so differently. Now, in my case, my mom sort of tried to teach me and I just wasn't interested. So just know <laughs> that like we come to it when we're meant to. And oh, if shit. you're listening and your daughter is not interested, it's okay. Like you don't have to force it. And just you, I think as moms, living these things and modeling yes. them is so much import- more important than what we actually are like trying to teach because we're just teaching it every day. Yeah, no, I agree. I I see more and more as they get older and older, they are just copying what I do. And I mean, Bo trying to charge her crystals on the full moon and like my daughters read all the time because I think they just see me reading. So yeah, you're right. Just live it and then they will They'll come along when they're ready and maybe they'll come along when they're in their 30s. And that's okay too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't believe I used to plan my wedding and holidays like without consulting the moon. I'm about to take my first break. This is very do less, by the way. I'm about to take my first break in three years. I'm having a two week break and I told everybody that it's happening from today. But then I suddenly thought, I haven't checked the moon and my period. And I checked and I was like, no point. I'm now approaching ovulation. I'm a pre- Why would I have a break now? No, it is yeah. literally life-changing. So it affects my daily decisions. That's all I'm telling I you. I <laughs> love that so much. And for those whose cycle is not as predictable, predictable, because mine comes like one or two days, give or take. So it's not as easy. Like I can't plan a holiday around it weeks in advance or months in advance. No. But I can loosely plan like certainly a week in advance and be like, oh, wow, I have like five Zooms that day. I'm going to see what I can move around so I can just maybe have one Zoom on the day that I get my period. You know, so you can be, you can be really dramatic. Like I have a friend who takes every single week of her period off which I love. She just does that. It comes like clockwork. Amazing. Um, That's more dramatic, but we can do, maybe you could take an hour, you know, you can just do the amount that's going to work for you. I think it is just about recognizing during that phase. So I get very bad, almost like period flu. I get terrible migraines. I feel like I almost have flu. It's awful. And whereas before I didn't, even though I recognized that was coming, 
I never connected the dots. It was only when I read your book that I was like, right, I need to start tracking all of this. And now I will make sure that simple things like I'll record one podcast just in advance so that if I am feeling really terrible, I don't have really pressing work to do. And it's a goddamn game changer. Anyway, we have been talking for 25 minutes and we've not even spoken about money yet. So let's stop talking about periods. And let's talk about money because your second book, well, I don't, is it your second or your first book, Money A Love Story? My first book was Money A Love Story and then my second book was Do Less. So we've just finished Money A Love Story in the book club. And again, life-changing, changed my goddamn life. Because of you, I've just bought a 19-foot swimming pool. I'm blaming you. (laughs) It's a line of spending. Yeah. So there's so many things that I took from that book. How would you describe your work to do with money as well? Like how would you describe like what you teach people? So I teach people the multi-layered experience to heal your relationship with money. So it's really important to know that money is more than just facts and figures and, and numbers because it's made up. Money is completely made up. It's different than like trees and you know what like it just it's it's pretend we all and especially I don't I don't know how it works in the UK but in the United States our dollar is not actually based on anything it's it's not based on it's off we were off the gold standard in the 40s so it's literally pretend and so it literally is energy and money responds to our energy and our energy comes from the thoughts we think our beliefs, what we talk about, our emotions, and also our nervous system. I didn't know about the nervous system when I wrote Money, A Love Story, so I've incorporated it now into the work that I'm doing a decade later. Um, But when we address our relationship with money from the emotional, the mental, the nervous system, the energetic, and the systems perspective, so the literal financial management we become unstoppable. So we're able to make more money, align our spending with our values, have an experience of feeling relaxation in relationship to our money and knowing that no matter what, we are safe and we are abundant and that money is not our source. So our culture has oriented us. Again, I don't live in the UK, but in the United States, it's like hardcore capitalism and so oriented around like money is the most important thing. And I think money is very important. I like to think about money. I love to make money. I love to talk about money. So it is important. And it's really important to know money is not our source. Source is our source. And so when we get that sorted and we get that organized and we're firing on all cylinders with all those levels that I talked about, money can become really easy and a source of joy as opposed to a source of anxiety and frustration and fear and pain. I 100% agree. And I've been doing money mindset work for about two years now. So in the book club, in summer 2021, we read Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis and I love Get that Rich book. Lucky Bitch. <laughs> have you, have so you read fun. Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise you know Thomas? I but I know Denise and oh, she's wonderful. It is one of the best books I've ever read. In my, it I'm changed read it. my goddamn life. So 
we went through all of that initial stuff of like talking about money is a bit icky. It makes you feel like I want to be rich. Like that, that's horrible. Like it, it's not a nice thing. You don't want to advertise that fact. You don't want to let people know that you're trying to attract money, all of those things. And recently I had a bit of a, like a, a full circle moment. So I've been doing that for two years with, dare I say it, amazing success. Like Amazing. Amazing. And it made me a little bit sad because I recently just went back to my first ever flat that I bought in London, my very first home that I bought in my mid 20s. I struggled, like I struggled, struggled, struggled to buy that apartment. I felt like I was going to have to have a nine to five I hated for the rest of my life to afford that mortgage. I even had a sugar daddy in my early 20s because I couldn't afford to live, basically. Mm -hmm. And I just recently went back to it. I hadn't been there for three years because of the pandemic. It had been rented out. And it's a little bit shit. Like, it's a little bit shit. It's in a shitty building. It's on a not very nice road. It's small. It's a bit shit. And that was my pinnacle before I started doing money mindset work. I was always like, I own a flat in London. That is like my pinnacle. That's what I'll work for for the rest of my life to pay off the mortgage. Since I've been doing this work... I, in the last year, on maternity leave as well, at the same time, I just had two newborns like two years ago. I've just bought my dream house by myself. Wow. And it's like a huge house. It's it's more than I ever could have dreamt of. And you know what upset me about it was? It was really easy. It was really, really easy. There was no struggle. I genuinely didn't really save I just really trusted all of these money strategies and this energy that you and uh, Amanda and Denise Duffield Thomas had taught me. And it made me really sad when I went back to that little shitty apartment and I thought, wow, old me thought I had to struggle my whole life to pay this off. And I just bought a massive house and I didn't break a sweat. Have you had a similar experience where you're like, fuck, this is easy. And it's difficult admitting to people that it was easy, you know? Well, that's not popular because we have a whole tall <laughs> poppy syndrome, you know, crabs in a bucket thing where it, it can be very confronting to see other people uh, thriving in an area that's a struggle for us. Because if we feel like if it's a struggle for me, it needs to be a struggle for everyone because, you know, it, that's a whole other thing. But I will say, you know, it's really important to acknowledge, right, of course, like different layers here of where we came from and background and all of that stuff. And to know that literally there's an intersection of systemic issues that combine with how we approach the world. And we're always creating, I mean, hello, your whole thing is the law of attraction. So we're always creating our reality to one degree or another, depending on how we're responding to the circumstances that are there. And so it's important to know that part of how we're responding is based on the programming we received based on the modeling we received. So now we're back to modeling. So you and I are modeling certain things around the moon and our menstrual cycles to our daughters, and you had modeled to you certain things around money. So did I. Um, I had two very different models. My mom's modeling was really different than my dad's, which was sort of confusing given that I, you know, they were in the same household until I was 14. And then it got a little easier because uh, my parents got divorced. And so I had one primary model. Um, but just to know, like, think back as you're listening to this, if you haven't done this money excavation work, think back, 
What are my earliest memories around money? What was modeled to me growing up? And then we can ask ourselves, okay, is that the story that I want to be telling about money? So for you, back in your 20s, the story was, and I'm sure it was modeled to you, you can you know, tell me about that, the story was money is hard, this is a struggle. And then you chose a different story over time, you healed that, and now you're passing down a different story to your daughter. So every time I feel like, really sad and that kind of grief about past me because there's so many moments and I'm just like, oh, honey, I wish you had known, you know, I think about, okay, well, I didn't know, but I know now. And now my daughters are going to start off with that information and not have to go through that kind of heartbreak. They'll go through their own heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. So I'm curious, what was modeled for you growing up? Um, so my mom was very, very frugal, like very frugal. We had the same carpets and sofas for like 20 years. She refused to replace things. Um, yeah, you had to work really hard for money. I remember that I went to my very first like nine to five job, my first full-time job. And it was, it was so many, I, I traveled four hours a day to this job. It was to be a secretary. I hated it. Every part of it was like bristling with my natural personality. I hated it. And I remember coming home and just being like, that was fucking awful. And I just always remember my mum saying, only another 50 years to go. And I just remember thinking like, wow. And that was always like my mum and my nan and everybody, which obviously, you know, they were in a wartime era. You had to do what you had to do to survive. It was like, you've got a safe, steady job, stick to it. Even if you hate your life, stick to it. Um, And it was really only when I met my ex-husband, he really gave me the confidence to quit that job, start a business. He taught me so many incredible things. And really it's due to him that I really started to live life on my own terms. But yeah, it's just completely changed my life. But I had a friend round the other night, actually, and she goes on a lot of like lovely holidays with her children. They go to the Maldives every fucking three weeks, it seems. And she was saying like, honestly, she goes so many times. I'm like, are you not bored of it yet? But no, apparently not. Um, And she goes with her two children and she was saying like, they're so ungrateful. I really keep, like, I keep saying to them, you need to re- realize that you need to work really hard for this stuff. And I just thought, I don't know if you do need to work really hard like it's making me question what I teach my children it's so hard because my older daughter my younger daughters have never known any different but my younger daughter you know I was a single mother Uh, she's a mixed race child which I think adds its own elements of people judging you Um, we lived in a one-bedroom flat sharing a bedroom we shared a bedroom up until December just gone when I bought this house Um, you know I had all of these preconceived things of like how people treat single mothers. I was working in a salon. She'd have to sit there while I was doing spray tans sometimes to make the money. And now, well, we've just ordered bloody 19 foot swimming pool. (laughs) And now we're living our dream lives. And it's really hard. I don't know how to explain to her, like when her friend's parents are like doing normal jobs where they're getting paid per hour. And then she moans about me having to do a podcast at night whilst Mm. she's asleep. And I'm like, you don't know you fucking you don't know you're born kid like how do you explain oh gosh I will say I wish I was more of an expert but I'll just be like a fellow mom and answer your question on this because you know I think we're just making it up every day as parents um I will say here's what I think I think it's really important to teach our kids that money is everywhere 
And that in order to create abundance and create financial abundance, we need to create more value in the world because money is an energetic stand-in for what we value as a culture and personally. And so teaching our kids that money is for creating more of what matters, then we can really have that conversation. So maybe we can just skip the conversation about you need to be more grateful because kids have no idea. They're just there for what's there, right? And yeah. and I don't think drilling in like you have to be more grateful and do you know what I've done to create this for you? And like I heard uh, my friend Dr. Shafali say the other day, you know, we had children for ourselves. It was not, it's not a selfless act. No. We had children to cre- create some sort of personal expression. And so they don't owe us anything. So this idea of like, I've sacrificed for you and da, da, da. Like maybe we can stop with that. And just instead actually teach them the tools that really work for creating abundance. And so that's, let's, let's, let's pay attention to how we're speaking. Let's pay attention to how we're thinking. Let's look at, okay, look around right now. You know, I gave this exercise to uh, my students in my program, Relaxed Money, the other day. I said, Go to the coffee shop and look at how much, how many transactions are happening, not just buying the coffee, but look at how money is all around us. So look, there's the flooring. Somebody needed to manufacture the flooring. And then uh, an exchange happened with the money for the people to install the flooring and the people to buy the flooring and then the countertop and then the espresso machine and then the person who owns the building and then the coffee shop owner who's renting from the owner of the building and then the coffee shop owner who's paying the baristas and all of that. So what I think we can teach our kids is actually how money works, not that we need to work hard for money. And we can teach our kids how to have money work for us in the way it actually works. Incredible. Can you imagine knowing that at like age whatever, Jesus Christ. That would be amazing. There's actually a great game that you can get for your kids called Cash Flow for Kids by Ooh. Robert Kiyosaki. I love his adult version as well. Um, but I now that my kids are getting a little older, I'm going to get them Cash Flow for Kids because it really teaches you about how money actually works and assets and liabilities and just like being smart with it so you can get out of the rat race, which is this idea that we have to sacrifice our entire lives for money, which is orienting around money is my source. And my whole life is about organizing my all my time and all my energy so I can get money versus how can I create a lifestyle so I can truly live. Oh, love that. Is he rich dad, poor dad? He's rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Yes. I love him. Although some of the stuff he says on Instagram, I'm a little bit like, it's too far for me. I... He's like, everything be debt. Just have debt. Have all debt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh. I feel he can be pretty extreme. I yes. really um, loved his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and the Cash Flow Quadrant, which I read when I was a teenager. So it's been like a long time. I don't so much follow his stuff now. I think he's gotten like very intense and extreme. Um, yeah, but you know, I love like 1996 Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he went a little bit extremist in his views. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know what your book, Money: A Love Story? I the the aligned spending was one of the things mm. that I really took from that. Big one. I did that whole three peak. Do you know what? I love that exercise so much. I did an entire podcast episode on it, like an entire one last week, and. 
it's incredible. So discovering your peak moments in life, your peak three moments, and then figuring out what those experiences have in common, which values. I realized that mine are very much like travel and adventure with either friends or family. And also the season of life that I'm in, I'm in my home a lot with young children. So making that as comfortable and as pleasurable as possible is like where my spending lies. And you know what? Doing that exercise really allowed me to give myself permission to um, spend money on the things that are going to bring me the joy and cut back on the things that aren't. So straight after that episode, I literally went and booked a family holiday, which is the first one we've all been on together. Like my sister, her family, my mum, all of us. Memories. I mean, priceless. And I'm blaming you again. It's that 19 foot pool. (laughs) I was like, I hope you think of me every time you get in your pool. I hope so. That sounds lovely. (laughs) I I just thought like, why am I even questioning this? My children are young once and to have that, our summers are getting hotter and hotter. It just Mm. made so much sense to me. And without that exercise, I mean, I was questioning whether I needed to upgrade my car because people keep saying to me, you should have a more expensive car. Like you're balling now, bitch. And I'm like, I really like my little Nissan X-Trail. Like I, it doesn't bring any joy to me to have a different car. And so, so that was that. really like a clarifying exercise for oh, me. I really, so really glad. enjoyed that. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other things in that book that I absolutely loved. What are the other things that you teach in that one? Oh, well, you know, one of the things that really resonates with people um, is to reframe our debt as invoices for blessings already received. So whether you have credit card debt or student loans or, you know, a a small business loan or a mortgage or whatever, debt can weigh on folks so heavily because they're telling, again, they're telling themselves a story that they've been bad and that they should feel guilty about it. And the truth is your guilt is not going to pay off your debt. Um, It doesn't actually make a lick of a difference. So instead, I really love inviting people to reframe it and look at like, oh, I see. I just have an outstanding invoice for something I've already received. You know, when I use electricity for the month or water for the month in my home, I pay the company retroactively for the privilege of walking into my bedroom at night and turning on the light and being able to read before bed. I don't have a story all month about I've been bad because I'm using electricity I haven't fully paid for yet. There's not there's none of that. That would be a yeah. complete waste of my energy. And so we can do the same whether we have credit card debt cuz we in, in, invested in a course or even a handbag or whatever it is, you know, it's like, okay, well, I have that. And now it's just an invoice for a blessing I've already received. So the more I can allow myself to feel the gratitude for the blessing, the more energy I have and the more value I'm able to provide the world because I'm not siphoning my energy into useless guilt and useless shame and useless, you know, heaviness. And then the other thing we tend to do around when we have debt is, is, uh, is punish ourselves and not allow ourselves to experience freedom or abundance or relaxation until that debt is paid off. It's like some amount of penance is required. That's ridiculous. We're all just going to die. So why would we waste years of our lives? (laughs) You know, like why would we waste years of our lives in some kind of punishment or penance? And so I really, one of my big things is changing our relationship with debt. And when I did that, when I stopped avoiding my debt, when I stopped feeling bad about it, 
I was able to pay it off in like a couple of months. It was like no big deal, but I didn't realize how much energy I was wasting with all the emotional crap. Mm. Yeah. And it is, I, do you ever get people when you try and explain this stuff to them, like money is just energy. It can come to you really easily. Be like, oh, for fuck's sake, like fuck off. You, you, it's all right. This is what I always get is it's all right for you. And if people have said that to me my whole adult life that I've followed the law of attraction. They're always like, oh, it's all right for you because, and then whatever, they give some kind of excuse. And it's like, you can't say that my whole life. Like anybody can do this. Like, it's just insane to me. So I'm sorry, this is not very articulate, but I just, I, I genuinely still can't believe it. Like from doing these books, one of the things we learned, I can't remember which book it was, was about energetic set points, about how we allow ourselves. Everyone has oh, a yeah, minimum and a maximum. By Gay Hendricks. Is yeah? it? Yeah. That's I'm where not, I this learned was, that concept, but maybe right. it was somebody else. It, I think it was Amanda Francis, but when oh, cool. I learned that, it was like some people, so like I will not allow myself to get into debt, never have, never had a credit card, like I, that's just not, that's my energetic minimum. But I always found myself, no matter how much I earned or whatever, would always end up having this same baseline in my bank account. And then likewise, it would only ever get to like, say like £3,000, that's the most I'd ever allow myself to ever have at the top. And then when I learned that about energetic set points, I literally like 10, 20 folded it because I, and it's, it's one of these things you can't even explain it on a podcast. You really do have to read the book. You really do have to do the work. You have to do the exercises, but it just still blows my mind that people don't know this stuff. And I just think you're doing the Lord's work. You've taught me so much about periods, about money, about all kinds of things. And you know what? You'd have been proud of me the other day. I had a new tax accountant come around. And normally if they talk about things, I don't know what they're talking about. I'd be like, okay, just tell me when it's done. And and I was like, no, Kate Northrup said that I need to be empowered about my money and I need to make decisions and I need to know about it. So I questioned them. And I was like, how is the incorporation tax different or the corporation tax different from the, and I asked them because I just didn't understand it and it was very empowering oh, and... I am so proud of you that's amazing thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you, thank they you. Work for you yes and it is their job for you to understand what's going on with your money yeah yeah and and also you've given me the confidence as well to make financial decisions that work for me, rather than what might always make the most sense. So like I decided to like overpay on my mortgage. And I know some people straight away were like, oh, you're better off putting in a high interest account. And then at the end of the year, you take it out. I was like, no, because at the end of the year, I'll book a holiday to fucking Mexico. I want to know that every month I'm still a single mum at the end of the day. I'm still the breadwinner. Like I have to make sure that my home, my children's home is secure. And so, yeah, your book just clarified a lot of things. A lot of the stuff, obviously, I'd already learned from the previous books, but I think it's always amazing to be reminded of this stuff, yeah. especially by a fresh new voice, because some people don't resonate with one particular author and totally. others are like, some people have said to me, oh, get rich, lucky bitch. I didn't like it. I'm like, what? How dare you say that in my presence? It changed my goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, you just never know. And that's also a reminder, you know, for anybody listening who thinks they have a message that's important, you do. There's somebody on the planet yeah. who will only be able to understand it when you say it. And same, same thing with you. Like there's so many things that people will only be able to get it because they resonate with you and your voice. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you attract your Democrat, like I get a lot of single mothers. I get a lot of single people and it's like, those are the kind of people that are not going to listen to 
an old white man saying, you can buy yourself a yacht in two years. Like, no, <laughs> it's, it's not happening. But anyway, thank you so, so much. I've taken up far too much of your time, but it's not a problem for you because you just do less. You're doing less, yeah, achieving more. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to read any of Kate's books, do less. I have to say, it's one of my favorite books of all time. And Money, A Love Story are both out wherever you want to get books. And what else? Is there anything else you want to promote? Where can people find you? Yeah. So come find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, at Kate Northrup. And then our next thing that we have coming up is a beautiful program called Relaxed Money. And you can go get on the wait list for that over at relaxedmoney.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you bitches next time. Bye. What up, bitches? It's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life. I think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work, their teachings into a book that often costs less than £10. It's incredible to me. And I am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey. And, you know, I have the UK's biggest self-development book club. There's over 3,000 of us reading along each month. But maybe you're thinking, Fran, I ain't got time to read. Who do you think I am? Barbara Cartland? No, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um, cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands, or maybe you're a crafter. And you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go. Or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book, but you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30 day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, so check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com